Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. Welcome back to Mommy's on a Call. Today, I'm excited to bring to you Allie Levine. Allie is a sought-after celebrity stylist and motherhood fashion and lifestyle expert who believes that no matter where you roam, from the laundry room to the red carpet, authenticity is your superpower and confidence is your best accessory. She is the mom of two little ones and she frequently shares her real raw truth of motherhood as a mommy influencer on her blog, Instagram, and her podcast, Everything with Allie Levine. On her podcast, Allie delivers a real look at her own motherhood journey amid the treasures she's uncovered in the universal search for authenticity, spiritual wholeness, and happiness. Welcome, Allie. Oh, wow. That was a nice intro. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. Super excited to have you. I wanted to start off by asking, what is your biggest mom win of the week? Ooh, mom win of the week. We're making this happen. <laughs> and both babes are napping at the same time. Woo-hoo! Oh. <laughs> It really never happens, especially with my three-year-old and she is napping and my baby is napping and it is quiet. I had a big TV thing I had to do earlier today. My husband had them and everybody was quiet. The day today has been a win. Things have been in sync. Things have been in flow. I, I honestly, today has been a win. <laughs> Yay. Minus a few tech glitches, but I blame that I on Mercury, you know, oh, Mercury retrograde. But other than that, other than that. Well, then to give a little context, what is your family structure like? So you said you have two daughters, which I know, and I know you just had a little one in 2020 like me. So to give the audience a little context, what is your family structure? What does, you know, your husband do? What's kind of the roles that you play? For sure. So my little girls are three and uh, Arlie's almost 16 months, just crazy. It's like, I literally just had her, which I know you can relate to because you say mine's 19 months. And I'm like, she's not a baby anymore. (laughs) Wild. Right. And you're like, you're like, I had you during this crazy time. Everything's a blur. And like, somehow we are like older. It's, it's wild. So yeah, I have my two, my two little ones. And then my husband, very grateful. He works from home. So his office is in our bedroom. Um, so he like shuts the door and goes in his office. And my office is up here in my kid's like playroom and I'm in the corner. And like, we decided like he would have the room where he could shut the door so he could focus because he does production accounting. So he needs to like look at numbers and like really like focus to see things. And I'm a little bit more creative. I'm on my phone. I'm on the computer. I'm bouncing around. I'm creating content. God knows where. So I can be a little bit more flexible. So, you know, that's kind of the real and raw of my life. It's like some days it's showing in this shit show of my, you know, playroom. Other days it's like when I'm outside with the kids playing, you know, maybe it's a day that I'm on camera and I'm like actually glam like today makeup is done only because I was on camera. Otherwise, usually hair is up the bun, paint a pretty picture for you. I'm a hot mess, usually in pajamas or sweats. And like, I, I always joke, I'm like, there's no in between with me now. You either get like full glam or you get like total hot mess alley. Like that's it. It's like hot red carpet alley and hot mess alley. Not really. I don't think you could ever look like a hot mess. But when you're doing all of these like TV show or like TV on camera stuff, where are your kids? 
Do you have help so, or how does yeah, it, how so do you make that work? My husband, my husband and I are a team. So he's really great that like, you know, luckily my segments are, you know, once or twice a month, usually sometimes because the holidays, I'll do a few more than that. But I usually know a little in advance, at least 48 hours anyways. And so I'll be able to say to him, like, you know, during this hour or during this 20 minutes, you know, he'll take the kids and they'll go outside. So it's quiet. If it's an afternoon show, honestly, then I just do it because they're napping and I and I know they're napping, so it's fine. But I usually have his help, which is really a blessing. And, and we're a team, you know, we we switch off taking care of them. I am the mo- most involved because my job is, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. So I do TV work. I do styling, you know, I do influencer work, creative work. I hate that word influencer, by the way. I do content creation. I do blogging, like a lot of my stuff. I'm very blessed that I've created this reality where I can do all of it from home. I can kind of do it on the go. I don't have to be so focused except like when I'm obviously on a podcast speaking or on camera, you know, giving tips or doing a roundup of like my lifestyle things and that kind of stuff. So overall, I can be pretty flexible and I can be on the go. Whereas my husband kind of needs to be more like at his computer working through and have his quiet time. So we kind of set it up where most of the day he does that. And then I usually by the afternoon evening ask for a few hours each day for him to have them depending on the day and what's going on. And then I usually honestly work a lot of evenings. Like once they're asleep by like nine, nine 30, that's when I do my podcast recordings. That's when I go through my emails. And I usually know like I'm going to be doing it till like 11 midnight, sometimes 1 a.m. And, you know, that's my choice. I've, I've realized that when I was, you know, younger and, and a new mom, I used to get like fed up and I used to get like annoyed. And then I switched that in my mind and I really worked on my mindset. I thought, no, I, I get to show up and do this. I get to be here. I get to have this time to myself and work on what I want to work on instead of, oh, I have to do that email. Oh, I have to get to back this. It really does switch something in your brain and in your mindset. And so I think just even that, knowing I'm showing up for myself and continuing to build my dreams. And even if it is the wee hours of the night, I'm able to do it. You know, it makes me that much more powerful and, and that much more empowered. Well, I have a lot to unpack there. So I wanted to start by first asking, so let's flash back a few years before COVID, but yet you still had a little girl and you were living in LA at the time because I know you moved. How did you then make it work then? Were you able to do stuff from home? Were you in studio? Were you on the red carpet? Like, you know, you were more out and about. Like I look, you know, all your past, you were out front and center. How did you do that? And how did that shift go when you became a mom? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, during pregnancy, I'll never forget. I was at like every red carpet with Amelia when I was pregnant with her, even to the point where I probably shouldn't have been driving in like 37 weeks, you know, going to clients' houses, barely fitting behind the wheel. And yeah, in hindsight, it probably wasn't the best idea. So, you know, running around because I was on the go all the time. I was, I was very much used to being on the go. I was also used to doing whatever I was told. And that was something I went through when I became a mom was, maybe this doesn't resonate anymore. Maybe this isn't aligned with me anymore. And so to answer your question, I went from being this person who was showing up no matter what for everyone. And then when I had my daughter realizing I was no longer showing up for myself, I was no longer, you know, bringing myself authentically into a space where I was doing things for me as Allie. And I was just doing things for everybody else because I was expected to be there. I was expected to be on the red carpet. I was expected to be to somebody's house. And it went from this place of like divine fire in my soul and passion to like, oh, you're expected to be there. And now it almost feels like, I don't want to say slave, but that mentality of like, I had to be there. And Which is I interesting because you owned your own business. So technically you could make the rules, but 
but I, but I didn't build those boundaries. Right. So when I was mm. younger, I, you know, first off, when I first moved to, you know, California from New York, I wanted to work with anyone and anyone just to be able to get my name out there and to build my business and to get experience. So, you know, I started working with all different stylists as an assistant and intern to build my business. And then once I started getting trust, I started getting all these random D-listers and building Alley Design. And, you know, all of a sudden I'm working with these D-listers and all of a sudden so-and-so is getting named on the red carpet and so-and-so just got a movie and they're no longer D-listers and they're my clients. And, you know, the list goes on. And so I became, I think, so, because I was so passionate and I had so much fire and I was young and crazy hungry, and you know, and, and, and determined so I think at that point, I really didn't care. I was working at two in the morning. I really didn't care that I was at their house till midnight. It didn't bother me. But then as I got older and I was married to my husband, even then, like I was not showing up in our marriage authentically. I was not giving him the time that he deserved. I was only doing for my career and for my ego, essentially. And I started realizing like it wasn't working and I would feel these like little nudges. I feel like the universe like really like kind of nudges you to tell you. And I was totally ignoring them because I was just like, oh, it's fine. It'll work itself out. And it just kind of kept happening where I was getting all these nudges of like things might be out of alignment. And I wasn't spiritually awake and aware enough to really pick up on that. I was going to actually ask, were you spiritual back then? Because I know I love that you wrote spiritual wholeness and I wanted to like kind of ask, what does that mean? And also like, were you like this before? Did you have this like intuitive sense? Did you know about this? How did that transition? And how did you all of a sudden become awakened to all of these things? Because I see a lot of moms who are like, oh, yeah, I hear this stuff. Oh, or that stuff's woo woo, or that's great. But we make excuses. And like you were saying, you were told to do something. No one's really told to do, you know, like, especially motherhood. They're like, oh, no, I have to because of expectations or whatnot. So I kind of want to hear a little bit about that journey too. Didn't mean to interrupt, but no, you're fine for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good question. So first off, when we talk about how I was so on the go, right. And on the grind, it was not spiritually awake at all. I mean, I believed in God always, but I was not connected by any means. I was not connected to myself as source. I was not connected to the feelings, to intuition. I would know certain things were off, but overall I was so on the go. I was so in it. I was so in the ego of myself. I was not paying attention to my higher self. And, you know, it took me when you were asking kind of like what shifted, what happened for those that don't know my story, I had pretty heavy postpartum depression with my first daughter and a lot of moms go through that, by the way, it's like totally, totally normal. And for me, it was very unexpected because I was a woman who was on set all the time. I was someone who was on the go all the time. I was taking Amelia to red carpets and literally breastfeeding her off the red carpet and then walking the red carpet. I was honestly killing myself, running to event to event, having her on my shoulder or in my little, you know, carrier capoose and styling people and doing it. And in my mind, it was like, yes, I'm doing it all. I got my baby here. I'm making it happen. And I was like, to my credit, I was doing it all, but I was killing myself in the process. And I wasn't listening to those nudges of like, hmm, maybe you should rest. Maybe you should have your assistant do this instead. Maybe, you know, all these things. It was like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll just keep going until I essentially crashed in my mind was so dark at that point. I had no idea what was going on with me. I did not know it was postpartum depression. 
And I think my pride wouldn't let me go to a place of like, mm, something might be off. So it was like always like this dance, right? In the beginning, I would tell my husband, I need to go get my nails done. I need to go get my lashes put on. I need to go get a massage, you know? And, and don't get me wrong. I love doing those things, but I, in my mind, it was because I needed to like fulfill something that was missing. So he would take, you know, a million, I would go do those things. And then I'd come back a day later and I'd be spinning out of control again. I mean, to the point where I would sit in the corner and like cry for hours for like no reason. I'd be pulling my lashes off and I just got done, you know, and seriously, like, horrible. And like, how old was she at the time? How far like postpartum were you? I would say it started around three months, but I didn't get like heavy, heavy into it probably till like four or five months in, but it was, it definitely started a little bit earlier and I kind of let it play out. Cause it was like, in my head, it was baby blue. Cause everybody said, and then it was this and it was that. And I think it was postpartum all along. And so, you know, I'm like biting my nails and I'm anxious and then I'm going to a red carpet and, you know, I walked the red carpet, but then two seconds later I go sit down and I hide in a corner and I'm bawling. And it was just like consistent, like just, and my team, thank God also like being my publicist, Kelly is amazing. She's basically come like a third mom to me in Los Angeles. Like we become so close and she's a mom of three. But she saw something wasn't right with me. And she was like, I think you should like sit the next few events out and like breathe. And of course, like the pride of me, like, no, 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 I'll be fine. I'll, I, I'll just take a nap later and I'll be, you know, I'm just overwhelmed today. And I guess the thing, it was over and over again. And so it took me, I believe, coming to a full blown for the universe to be like, sit your ass down, crash for me to really feel like so dark. And I laugh now because I think back when people ask me these stories and I'm like, Allie, it was there. You weren't paying attention. Like you didn't listen. But when to you're it. in it, you you really don't know because right. your mind is telling you something different. What the was ego. that? Yeah, your different. ego. What was that crash? And the expectation. People know that you can do it all. People Absolutely. know that you are Allie and you are, you know, you can shine. And so to show anything less is like on you. What like you I'm, yeah. yeah. The shame, the guilt. Oh yeah. So for me, the big crash, I think was honestly, I went to another red carpet and Amelia wasn't latching because, you know, she was overwhelmed by the millions of cameras and people around. And I'm trying to, you know, get her to nurse before I walk and she's screaming. And, you know, so I ran onto the, you know, red carpet with her, you know, in my arm, you know, and she's like screaming as I'm home here. And I'm like, trying to pose and do all the things. And, and, and my public is trying to take her. And it was a total shit show. And, you know, and then afterwards I run off and I, you know, I'm literally ripping my dress down and trying to feed her because she won't like go on. Like I was trying to unzip because I had like the, like, you know, the zip where you could yeah. And she wasn't doing it. And so I finally was like, that's it. So like hide behind someone, strip down, like throw her on my boob. I was so over it. And she's just screaming. And she obviously felt my energy, but she felt that I was anxious. She couldn't relax. And it took me literally walking to my car in tears and holding her in there. And then because it was dark in my car and it was just me, she started to nurse and she calmed down. And I literally just sat there, I remember, and I just looked down at my heels and I started crying. And I remember feeling like, why do I feel so pressured to be here and to show up? Like, why do I feel like this? And it was so, it was so heavy on me. And so then I turned to my team and I said, you know, I'm not going to stay for the rest of the event. I'm going to go home. I'm going to put, you know, I'm going to put her down for now. And so I left and I, I went home and I just remember driving home. This is terrible, but I remember driving on the 405 for anyone in California and it's always four or five miles per hour. And I remember looking, well, back in the day with traffic, and I remember looking and just thinking, if I just drove off that, maybe things would be better. Like I was just, I was so, it was that, it was bad. And I, I remember just, it was nothing to do with her. It was just me. I was so down on myself. I was so 
guilted. I was so shamed. I was so like, what is wrong with me? Like, why is this such a big deal? Why can't I just get out of my own way? Why can't I allow myself to take a break? Why can't it be okay if I miss something? Like it was just all these things were happening at once. And at the same time, a client was calling me and yelling at me in the car, yelling about a dress. Like it was just, everything was piling. And it was just like, I felt like I couldn't get over this hill. And it just felt like everything was piling up. So when I got home and I, you know, pushed her down, shook a nap. I remember just sitting down on the floor and I just started hysterical crying. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, who are you? Like, like what, what are you doing? And I just, and I couldn't answer that question for myself, Stephanie. I couldn't answer. Who are you? Why are you upset? What's going on? And that's when I really realized like, shit, something's, something's off, something's wrong. And I turned to my husband that night in bed and I said to him, you know, and I recorded this for my first episode of my podcast. And I said, I feel like I'm mourning the death of myself. And he looked at me like that, you know, emoji with the mind blown, you know, like, and me, to be honest, I started like laughing and crying because for the first time I felt like I was speaking my truth. Like, who is this woman? She's gone. But like, at least I can acknowledge that now. And it was so wild to me. And, you know, from that moment on, he was like, okay, we need, you need help. We need to figure out like what's going on. And I reached out to my, um, my birth team and you know they had a lot of different people that I could reach out to and, and talking about the spiritual side. So I've always believed in God. I've always been a more natural person, but I've never really understood the tuition and the full spiritual wholeness. And so when I, you know, reached out to my, my doctor and then reached out to my birth team, because long story short, I wanted a weather birth with Amelia. I wound up and after 42 hours in a C-section, which I, I know, believe- I remember that story. I know the audience might not know, but I yeah. remember hearing that That's a whole oh. other story, but, yeah. but you can go find that story. But basically I think that trauma then led to further into postpartum depression. But the reason I had then had a doctor be- because of that, and then my birth team, I was reaching out to. So when I reached out to my doctor, my doctor was like, oh, we can just put you on these meds and we'll get you back in six weeks. And look, anyone listening, let me just say like, whatever works for you with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or both, like you do you, you have to advocate for yourself. But I was never someone who was into the prescriptions, you know, and, and, and the medical system. I've always been a more natural person regardless. So when he said that to me, I'm not going to lie. There was an ego part of me that was like, Ooh, six weeks and I'll bounce back. And I can just get back to what I'm doing. Like, Ooh, okay. That might be something I want to do. And then I felt that gut intuition that was like, "Mm, no, this is something deeper. Like, we're not going to do that dance. We're going to try something else. And I remember being like, Oh, really? And, and then I called my team and they said like, you know, Hey, we've got this one person who wants to sit down with you. And so long to short, I started seeing a postpartum therapist. I also saw someone for cognitive therapy where you kind of say words and they help you put them together and like what's going on with your thoughts and what's being created. I did get on CBD as well, which I know is controversial, but for me, it was a game changer in my life. Meditation, I truly believe saved my life. That was something I heavily dove into during the postpartum depression. I meditated literally every single day for a year, journaling, gratitude list, journaling out, even like the most awful feelings of yourself, having to put that on paper and read it to yourself that you actually feel that way about yourself. It really makes you dig into that deep shadow work of like, Ooh, that's really dark. Like let's unpack that. Why is that? Why do you feel like that? You know? And I did all those different, you know, modalities, breath work, sound therapy. I mean, the list goes on. I really went down that like spiritual rabbit hole and once I did, and I kind of awakened to that side of myself, once, let me tell you something, let me just preface anyone hasn't done this yet. Once you awaken, there's no going back. 
I feel like I'm like, I totally resonate with you. I think I'm like, I'm part of that. I'm like half awakened. I'm, I'm almost there, but still. Yeah. And, and, and you never stop. Like it's an evolving process. Like I was where you were. And then I just kept going and going and, and, and once you do, it's just like, it just keeps happening because you essentially are just unraveling, I believe more and more of your soul. And like all of a sudden that spiritual wholeness I was speaking to, like you find that inner peace. And then you start asking yourself like, wow, I feel this. How do I go even deeper? How do I do more work? Even though it's harder, even though it's harder to show up some days for yourself, you see the reward and you feel that inner peace. Like I've never in my life felt this much presence and this much knowing and this much, you know, just intuition and guidance and, and secure in myself ever in my entire. And I, and I think about that and I'm like, wow, of all the things I've accomplished, of all the things I've done, the quote unquote titles, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't as secure. Like it's mind blowing to me when I think about that, but I'm like, but it makes sense because all that was in the ego. It was all safe. It was all what was expected. And this is completely unexpected. This is actually, to be honest, some people are like, whoa, this, this turns me off. I don't understand this alley. I mean, I've had plenty of clients who are like, I love you, but like, yeah, we don't dance anymore. And I'm like, that's cool. If it doesn't resonate, doesn't resonate. But you know what? The fact that I can even say that and, and create those boundaries is huge because the old alley would have said, oh no, you know what? Let me stick to inside that box where you need me to be. And let me show up how you expect me to be. And now I'm like, no, that's why I say authenticity is your superpower because I truly believe every single one of us can live completely authentic lives and be the most spiritual whole and, you know, inner peace and, and truly feel no matter what noise is going on in the world, be able to tap into that and harness that goodness. If we allow ourselves to walk our true paths and, you know, and, and, and passions and purpose. And the way we do that is stepping into the authentic self. And in order to do that, you have to have confidence to do that. And, and for me, I lost that confidence when the postpartum depression hit. And so then, you know, a year later or so of going through this journey, my confidence finally came back. And then I thought to myself, wow, I've always told my clients confidence is your best accessory. And I wholeheartedly believe that. But then I realized I was missing a piece to it. Confidence and authenticity is what lets you actually lead your very best life and lets you step into whether you're a mom wanting to wear a certain trend or you're someone on the red carpet, that piece of authenticity is everything. And that's where the game changed for me. I love that because I think it's also this polar opposite of when you think of like styling and you think of fashion, you think of almost not putting on a costume, but putting on a different self. But I love this because it brings you to all of that. And I think you said a few important things. One, boundaries. I think that's a lot of things that moms struggle with are keeping those boundaries. And so so I love that you said that. The second thing that I loved was the team that you have. And I think that's really important is that people don't realize like you need that team, you need that support. And so to learn who was in your support system, like from your, your actual styling team to your team of doctors, to all of that, to help support you and your husband, especially. And when you were saying about the boundaries too, you know, like I had to have that conversation with my doctor of like, I'm not going to take these prescription drugs. I'm going to do something else. And my doctor was like, well, and I was like, no, well, this is what I'm going to do because I'm going to advocate for myself, you know? And, and that's hard to do, right? It's hard to stand up to people in the medical system because they're the expert, they're this, but you have to also trust. I truly believe, especially as moms, we have a God-given intuition, whether we can tap into it or not, we really, truly can when we do. 
And when we do, we realize we really know best for ourselves and our children, no matter what anyone tells us, our, our intuition, our gut will tell us exactly what to do, no matter what the noise, no matter what the threat, no matter what it is, big or small, it will. And I've learned that over and over and over again with my daughter, like even with Arlie, like it was like, oh, you're, you know, you have to have a C-section again, you know, we're going to schedule you. And I fired my doctor. And let me tell you, that was a really scary situation to sit there and be like, you're fired. And she was like, well, no one else is going to deliver you. And I was like, whatever, I'll find someone. And it took me interview after interview during the pandemic to find someone, but I did. And I had my feedback with Arlie and I, I was so proud of myself. I said to my husband after it happened, I said, I was so empowered, but not because I was right, because I trusted my gut and I trusted my intuition. And some, for whatever reason, society wants to tell us that we don't know who we are at all. And that's actually not true at all. We actually know exactly who we are when we actually unplug and truly look again into ourselves and find our purpose and step into that authenticity of us. And it might trigger people and it might shake some people off, but you know what, if you're living your authentic life and it's what makes you truly happy that's how you get to spiritual wholeness amen oh my god <laughs> i like can't even follow up with that okay so a couple things oh my gosh i lost my train of thought because that was amazing <laughs> that was i just i love the feeling of being like empowered and being able to make your own decisions and feeling that because i feel like today like we always are either whether it's mom shaming or mom guilt oh. or feeling like we need to be a specific identity or role or like this is what the perfect stay-at-home mom does this is what the perfect whatever you see Instagram and oh, yeah. I love how in the very beginning you said you hate the word influencer because I hate that word too yeah. because in my head I think I associate mommy influencer with you know the perfect curated feeds and not what real life is and, and the also- pressure Yes. Agreed. The curated feeds, the pressure, the I'm the mom that, you know, bounced back with my six pack and I have myself all together and I've got the nanny and my makeup and the whole thing. And it's like, no shame, like good for that mom. You, you do you, but like, that's not my reality. And, and, and I'm like making myself feel worse for no reason, because that is not my reality. And I don't even want it to be my reality. So why am I getting upset about that? And when we compare like that, especially with social media, I mean, comparison is the thief of joy. I learned that through my postpartum depression journey too. And, you know, to what you said also of like the word influencer, I also really look at it where I'm like, when you look at that word, right. And you literally are influencing someone like, I don't want to be someone who quote unquote influences you to do something just because I say it. I want you to be inspired. I want you to be empowered. If something I say and share resonates with you and it makes you want to do that work or go for that product because you think it's going to change something in your life, 100, do it, but don't meet influence you or anyone for that matter online to buy something, to listen to something, unless you truly feel again in your authentic soul and in your gut intuition, that it is the right thing to do. And it's in alignment with you. That's the difference. That's where I really just don't like the word. We need to, we need to find a new word for influence. I'm with you. Let's do it. So I was going to ask, what sort of practices do you still do to this day? I know you said meditation changed you. What things... Yeah. What are kind of your things that you do for yourself now to continue down this journey or to keep yourself whole or whatever that might be? What are kind of some of your daily practices? Yeah, for sure. So I still meditate. Not every day. I'm not going to lie, especially being so busy and I breastfeed in the morning and like it's hard to find the time, but I do meditate probably four or five times a week. Cause I really make space for it. So even if it's like right after this podcast, I'll take five minutes to just meditate. I don't get to do like my long meditations I used to do. 
but it's still, you know what meditation has been studied that it actually changes the brain. And I am not surprised at all that I meditated for a year straight and that my brain literally, I really feel like I have a different brain now. Like it, the, the noise I used to have, the mindset change, like it, it literally, I mean, I tell everyone, I'm like meditation saved my life. I truly do you do believe- a particular type of meditation or you know, I mix it up because I get bored. <laughs> so sometimes I'll just use like in silence and I'll just listen to like binaural beats, you know, kind of thing. And I'll find that like on a Spotify or YouTube and I'll just have it in the background and I'll just do that. Sometimes I listen to Gabby Bernstein. I love her and I have a bunch of her courses that I saved, you know, on my phone and I'll listen to those. I also listen to Wayne Dreyer. I love him. I think he's amazing. You know, God rest his soul, but I think he's incredible. And so I'll listen to a lot of his stuff and his I am affirmations. A year ago, I listened to his I am affirmations in the morning and now I'm doing his night. And let me tell you, that's a whole nother game changer. If you're going to check something out. I also, what else? I mean, sometimes I'll find just different people who resonate online and, you know, like to just try their stuff for a minute. I'm big on affirmations. I do affirmations every morning in the mirror. I usually do them with my daughters, especially Amelia. She'll say them out loud in the mirror in the shower. I do affirmations. I'll do a quick, like hot shower for a hot, usually five, 10 minutes is all I get, you know, and then after, and I'll say the affirmations and then I'll start super cold just to kind of like really get myself going for about I usually I'm asked a minute to two minutes most and I go super cold and then I get like really loud and like really like energy and like, I am like, I am love. I am, you know, and I just like get into it and that lifts me up. I do breath work. I love breath work. I like lion's breath and like the Kundalini and up, up and away. So if you want, I'll do a little quick up, up and away for anyone listening. Ooh. Don't do this if you're driving or doing anything like where you could feel a little lightheaded, but basically you just kind of go, you just... Bring your breath in, come to center, up, up, and away. And so it's in, into the heart, into the heart chakra, up into the head, and away. Oh, I like that one. Right. Although breath work always makes me a little dizzy, but like in a good way, it's like in the tingly, like amazing way. Yes. And the thing is, is like, you know, that's why I say like, don't do it when you're driving or something like that, because it's like, yeah, it it will make you tingly. But there's also so many studies around actual breath work of how like it changes again, like your DNA and that way you feel that tingling is because like you're releasing and you're detoxing the body, you know? And so there's a lot of really amazing things about the cells. I also do sound therapy, a sound therapy. I love to um, sound frequencies. I listen to all different sound frequencies. My favorite right now is soak S O A A K. I like, I say I soak in sound. Cause I'll literally put it on. Even when the kids are being crazy in the playroom, I'll just like put one earbud in and I'll play it. And I swear I immediately I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm Zen again. And what I like about sound frequency is your cells are always listening, right? Like that's actual science. So you don't have to be in meditation mode. You don't have to be in breath work mode. You can just listen or sometimes the girls are crazy I'll turn it on with them and they won't even realize and all of a sudden like they start to calm and I'm like oh this is working you know and so I I do that I keep hearing like advertising for it and so is it an actual also little contraption because I know it like emulates a sound bath kind of thing or is it just on your phone it's on your phone and basically like you would just like you know you just sign up I think my 
code still works with them. If, I think it's Ali 70 capital A-L-I and then 70. I'll, I'll check and you can put okay. in the show notes. It gives you like the membership, like super cheap. And so basically like you go on the app and, and you just like, you know, type it in on their website, it downloads to your phone. And it basically is like a website. It's not really like a true app. It, it acts like an app when you go to it, but it's just a website you type in soak on your phone. And then it'll bring up all different types of frequencies. So like clarity and manifestation or, you know, anxiety, depression, whole detox, you know, like sleep, like all these different things that are like really important, depending on what it is. They even have coronavirus support. Actually, I I used it when I had COVID back in May and I swear I think it worked. So, you know, they have all these different modalities and then you basically just pick which one and, and just listen. And it's all 15 to 20 minutes. And then you just pop it in your ear, or put it on a speaker, or, you know, whatever resonates. And what I love is when you become a member, you get affirmations. So like they actually just texted me. It's funny that like we're on and it just came through, but I'll read it to you really fast. Cause I, I, I love when that, you know, it just like randomly pops in and it just like, I'm like, Oh, it says each day I am creating a life that I love. I love that. So it's the message just, I needed to hear today. Oh, I love it. It's just, it's awesome. I like that it has affirmations. I like that it has these amazing different sound frequencies. And it, if you can't get into the meditation zone, or if you're not someone who likes to meditate, maybe this is a good avenue for you. You know, because there's a lot of people who will message me and they're like, I love that you're into all the things, but I'm not that woo. Like, I don't know how to get there. And look, by the way, guys, anyone listening, neither was I. Like, my best friend is one of the most woo. Actually, it's funny. My best friend's name is Stephanie. And, and she used to like, she laughs at me now because she's like, dude, you're more than me. And I'm like, I don't even know how this happened because like long story short, we were in college together in Flagstaff, Arizona in like super hippie college. And we would go out and she would be like putting on her meditation. And all of a sudden I'd be like, what are you doing? She's like, just, just, just sit with me for five minutes. Let me take you to a sound bath. And I, I would sit there and I'd be like, Steph, when is this over? What is happening? And she'd be like, Allie, put your phone down. So can I just tell you guys, like I used to last all a minute through any of this stuff. And now it's become part of my everyday life. So there's anyone that can go from being a full workaholic, workaholic in progress, I would say, recovering workaholic and constantly on the grind and like not present at all to someone who's become pretty present and and pretty playful in their life. You can do it too. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say my best friend, one of my best friends, she's super woo. And so she's kind of like pulling me over. And so I'm getting there. Uh (laughs) I'm going to, I actually really wanted to go to a sound bath. So I'm actually going to look at soap because then I can do it from the comfort yeah, of my home and my exactly. three children. That's right. And they'll love it. I mean, I literally put it on like the girls yesterday were just like fighting and crazy because they, you know, now are at that age where, oh, this I have a three and 19 month old. So I get yeah. it. Same, yeah. same age they gap there. want the same thing. And, you know, and so I'm like, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, it's okay. I'm like everybody. And, and they just weren't calming down. Usually I can do breath work with Amelia and she'll chill. And she was flipping and I was like, okay. And I put on, you know, the, the, the soak on my phone. I blasted it. And like, literally like all of a sudden, two minutes later, like Amelia was over in her own corner doing something. And I, and I was like, Oh, it's like the birds are singing. <laughs> it's like the mute button. That's yeah, amazing. Did you use it? Did you use any of these practices to prepare yourself for the second child? Because going through postpartum depression, I know there's a chance that you can get it again. Did you prepare just in case, or like what sort of things did you do to make sure that you didn't encounter postpartum depression again? Yeah, it's a really great question. Can I be honest? When I got pregnant again, that was the immediate fear that set in. It wasn't the birth. It wasn't, it was literally like, if I go through this again, I don't know if I'll get out alive. Like I was really like that scary. And I remember telling myself and talking to one of the people I had therapy with, and they said to me, well, you have to step out of fear. Like fear is going to hold you and fear essentially could manifest. 
So, and that's with anything in life, right? You have to step out of fear and step into faith to a point. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to trust and surrender that like, I'm going to do things. So like, yes, I started meditating consistently when I was pregnant and I started journaling and I started journaling out my fears. And even so much so that when it came to like the end of getting close to having my daughter, it was like, okay, I started doing birth trauma work. I, I hired someone and, you know, I had this woman, Stacy was amazing. She ended up being my doula for Arlie virtually. And she did like an amazing, which I highly recommend, like a birth trauma work. And we did all this work around what was it and how did things go? And, and what do I still feel like I'm holding? And then we wrapped it up into a pretty bow and said, that's it. This was this birth. And this next birth is going to be different. And after that, we did a whole fear releasing. And it was like, what am I afraid of if I potentially wind up another C-section and all the things I was afraid of that could go wrong and could play out. And then I did like a little ceremony. I burned them. <laughs> I got in the bath. I like soaked myself and it was like, okay, and I'm releasing this. And like, this is no longer serves me. This is no longer going to hold me. It's not going to be part of my story. And I'm moving forward. So yes, I absolutely did different things that I went through. And I honestly, during Arlie's birth, I meditated, you know, I, I remember at the end when she kind of got stuck for a minute and it could have been a switch to a, to a C-section. I looked at my husband and I said, please give me my earbud. And he put it in my ear and I went right to my playlist. I made a long playlist and I clicked the one that was fear releasing, shut my eyes, prayed, heard the words. And he said, push. And I pushed all my might. And there she was screaming. And I, I swear, I felt like that soul. It was beautiful. That's so beautiful. Wow. And so now, wow, big switch. So LA, New York stylist, and now you are living in Tennessee. Why the move? How is that going with your career? I just wanted a little catch up at the end. Totally. Yeah, you're good. You know, it's funny. We talk about spiritual wholeness. We talk about our spiritual journey. I couldn't tell you honestly what fully shifted. You know, obviously LA has changed a lot, sadly, since the pandemic. A lot of places have and, you know, I don't know, but the energy for me changed, something shifted. And I felt God tell me in the beginning of 2020, we were moving. I didn't know where, but I knew we were going. And I wrote it in my journal. I said, you know, God said, we're going to move. I don't know when, I don't know where, but we're moving. And I remember telling Justin and, you know, he looked at me like, yeah, okay. And I was like, no, but I'm just telling you, like, it's going to happen. And he, and he's Mr. Practical. So he was like, there's no way we both have our jobs here. Everything, this is not going to happen. We had been in LA for a decade, you know? And he was like, you let me know, but like, I don't see this going to play out. And long story short, I just kept like kind of working towards like what it was going to look like. And it was more like, instead of doing any work, it was more just kind of like saying it out loud and like writing things down about dreams I would have. And just being aware that I was like being pulled to this, but I didn't know where I was going or what was going to happen. And then, you know, my husband's office, you know, sent everyone home for almost a year and he's home now in California, you know, and then I'm doing everything remote via styling, via zoom, via Skype and all my TV segments online. And all of a sudden it started becoming this, like, could this be a reality? Like we're on, we're home. Like, does, is this going to maybe be the future or at least be an option for the future? And I asked my team, my publicist, my agent, and they were like, you know, we can't really tell you to stay here because we don't know what's going to play out. And we think you've built your career so much. Thank God that like you can go anywhere and you've, you've built who you are and your brand that you could go anywhere and be successful at this point. And I think hearing that was a good affirmation for me. I'm like, yeah, I have worked my ass off. I have done so much. If I want to go somewhere else, I can. And I think also, you know, having two kids that like you can relate and all our family being back on the East coast, like it became very apparent that we were not near anyone anymore. We knew we weren't before, but now it was very, very apparent. 
And we just thought, you know, maybe it's a time, good time to move. And then, you know, my husband started talking to his company and they were like, well, we're hiring people from Florida and all these places. So how could they ask him to stay if they're hiring people from other states? And that's kind of how it played out. And then I looked at him and I said, you know, do we put the house on the market? And he was like, I guess. And I called a family friend. And he came over and he's like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, all right. And I, I swear, I mean, it, it went like within nine hours. I mean, it was insane. It was literally before like a weekend. It was like literally within nine hours with our first offer. And I looked at my husband and I was like, well, <laughs> apparently we're moving. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, and then when things just flow like that, it's like the universe kind of pushing you along saying like, That's if it was going to be a struggle, like, and it didn't work, then you're like yes. almost forcing something, but it was meant That's, to happen. And I love that you said that because that was exactly how I felt. Everything was just in flow. Like it was almost shocking. It was like, the house went up and it was gone. And then it was like, you know, an over asking I would have never dreamed of, which of course I know the market is now, but it was still shocked. And then it was like my car sold for over asking, like just all these things. And I was selling furniture and I was donating. And like, every time I'd have something, I was like, I don't have to do with this. A mom would call me. Oh, I'll come by that stroller. Oh, can I come pick up this clothing you're donating? I saw you posted about donations. Like it was just constant. And I was like, okay, God, okay. Universe, yeah. like let's go. Like everything just kept flowing. And that's exactly how I felt. And even with this house, like we, you know, long story short, you know, we, we moved out of California super fast because it's well, the like, last time I saw you, you were in a dark, dark room somewhere in like Montana or something. And I could barely see you. <laughs> Pennsylvania. I don't know. I was like, you were in the middle of somewhere in the dark. Totally. I was like basically in the woods. And uh, yeah, well, his parents live like in a beautiful house up in the mountains. And I was, it was like super loud in the house. I was like outside in the mountains. Yeah. So we, because we sold so quick, we didn't have anywhere to live, which was like, oh my God, you know? And my husband was like, uh, and like, thank God his parents are so wonderful. They let us go to their house in the mountains of Pennsylvania. So we drove across country with, you know, our two little ones, which was like, it was crazy to even say that. Can I tell you though? And people I know are like, seriously, but it was like, not drama. Like again, the universe was just like guiding us out. Like we stopped at hotels, we did little trips, we saw some family and it was just like, everything was in flow. Like it just was like, la la la. And in the middle of COVID. (laughs) Like it was just like, everything was good. Everything was good. And then we got to Pennsylvania and, you know, we went to his parents' house for two months and we were like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We like, it was every house was falling through and he was getting nervous. He's like, what are we, what's going to happen? And I was like, I don't know. And then I really, again, I had to tap into like my higher self and say, no, 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 no. Like we were guided, something will come through. And then that next morning, my realtor called and she goes, a house just came on. It's like a private hasn't been shown yet. Do you want to see it? And I like felt this like urine, like, yes. So she pulls it up and I literally swear, I didn't even see half of it. And I was like, please fit. And he's like, whoa, we didn't get through the full phase time yet. We need to go see in person. I was like, no, please a bit. And he was just like, Allie. And I was like, trust me, please a bit. I said like five times, please a bit, please a bit. <laughs> and he's like, all right. Okay. Brenda, I guess we're making an offer. And I remember everybody was like, <laughs> and we, you know, we, and we made our offer and, you know, we got this house and the minute we came to see it, like, I don't even know how to explain it, the energy, the feeling, everything. I literally started crying, happy tears. I just like, I just felt it. I was like, yep, this is the new chapter. Like this is the new journey. And honestly, that's how I was guided here. I couldn't even tell you Tennessee. It was like, literally I told my husband, we sat down when we were, when we found out we were moving, looked at the computer and looked at a map and looked around. We both literally looked at each other and said, Tennessee, like, that's how it happened. I, I swear people think that's insane, but it was so in sync. And it was so just like, yeah, we, we knew we wanted to be not on the East coast, but not too far. And it was like trying to find something in the middle ish. And it was like, yeah, all right. And then, he, you know, he knew that like, he's not too far. He has a couple of people from work that moved to Memphis. And so wow. it was like, cool. Okay. Tennessee, you know? And so here we are. <laughs> wow. 
Well, that's amazing. I love that all of this journey and everything like basically like led you to where you are today and led you to a happy, healthy, you're like smiling, you're amazing. And I honestly could talk to you forever, but I know we have to wrap this up. (laughs) So I wanted to ask my final question, which is what do you think is your superpower that you gained once you became a mom that makes you better at business life, whatever that is? What is something a superpower? Well, it goes back to what we kind of started this at authenticity. I I truly believe everyone has it, but I know I have it fully for myself now. And it really has helped me step up in my personal life and being a wife and being a mom and being who I want to be as authentically as Ali for business, for anything I'm building, anything I'm creating. I only align myself with what I want to align with. I create boundaries in order to be able to do that. I'm no longer that resounding yes girl. I really, you know, like anyone listening, like, you have to be intentional in what you want in order to create that for yourself. And you have to, and you have to know that you owe that to yourself. Like don't ever let someone shame you into thinking like you can't create those boundaries or you can't look a certain way. Everyone's journey and everyone's life path is different. So you have to own who you are and do what's best for you. And so I'm finally in that place and it's a work in progress. Don't get me wrong. I feel like I constantly get tested. Like today I had a client text. It's an old client from celebrity world. And I haven't talked to them in a while. And they're like, I need this dress. And could you have something shipped for me? And, and I'm like sitting here torn. Cause I'm like, well, it'd be fun to jump in, but I know their drama. And I'm like, mm, am I being tested? Like, should I take this? Should I not take this? You know? So it's like, everything is a test, right? Everything is like evolving us and growing. If we're not evolving, we're basically dying is how I feel. So I'm constantly growing and constantly learning, but I'm grateful that I'm in this authentic space. So authenticity. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Where can we find you online? You can find me at Ali Levine Design, A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E Design, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the talk, TikTok. I, I'm like, I thought, didn't you just rebrand? Aren't you just AliLevine.com? Alivine.com is my website. Oh, okay. And then my social is Alivine Design. You know, it's funny. I thought about changing my social to Alivine, but like everyone's like, no, don't do that because everyone knows you as Alivine Design. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I haven't, <laughs> and I guess Instagram changed something too, where if you do switch it, like then everything has to be switched somewhere. So I'm like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I think I'll just leave Alivine Design on my social. Honestly, I spend most of my time on Instagram, but I do spend time on Twitter and other places, but most of my time on Instagram, please feel free to sign to the DM, say, Hey, if something resonated with you, if you have any questions, I love building community. I love having spiritual conversations. So if anything like resonates, feel free to DM me, go down the rabbit hole. Like I'm here for it. And uh, yeah. And if you have any questions in general with motherhood or styling or anything, alivine.com, you can reach out and I'll be happy to help you. And if you let me know that you found me from Stephanie and you're looking for some styling help, I'm happy to share a discount. Oh, thank you so much. It was amazing. I could talk to you all day. Thank you for coming today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time. Thank you.